I sound like Steve Perry. A lot of people tell me I sound just like Steve Perry when I sing, Dr. Steve Perry Marconi. Yeah. Yeah, it's your sure. name tonight. You're Steve Perry Marconi tonight. Very good. We're, I'll take it. Yeah, this is Music Biz 101 and more. This is David Kirkfield, your professor. Are we playing Journey? We are playing Journey because we are very happy to have Jonathan Kane, the fellow who wrote this song, who played the piano on mm -hmm. this song. He's going to call in. And I bet he wrote the most downloaded song of all time. Yes, and that song is John Kaplan, student co-host. Don't stop believing. No, don't. Don't stop mm. believing. Stop. It's not not believing. There's an apostrophe after the end. Don't stop believing. What a, a show. And we're going to spend an hour talking about that apostrophe with Jonathan Kane yes. when he calls in. But yes. let, let's get through. We want to get through all the poop before he calls in. So we spend 100% sure. of the time talking about non-poop. <laughs> we should thank Ashley. 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 Welter here, our I'm engineer. Just... Engineers, hell. I'm just practicing. Ooh. Yes, that's where we're getting ready. So, Music Biz 101 and more. Go to musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, the book, at musicbiz101wp. We have a podcast. This is going to be a podcast for those of you not listening live. You're listening to the podcast, which you found on iTunes or the Sound, the Cloud. And this will be podcast number 200. We're going to say it's 200. We totally <laughs> lost track, but it's we number number a lot. What? Right. We should add them up one day. Yeah, one day over the summer when uh, we're professors, so uh, in about a week we have nothing to do. Yeah, so we right. could do stupid things like that. We should give thanks. Jonathan, hands together, eyes closed. We are going to give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management. With artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kith, there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB. <sighs> <laughs> hyphen cpa.com when it's best for you they want you now but you wait you go when it's best for you john kaplan oh i will young mm -hmm. artist you don't get forced in they're not going to force you in they're not going to say come in now you got to get in here no oh, no they're going to say when it's best for you john you come in and we'll give you a cup of tea and we'll talk and Fun. where is van dyne tonight van dyne is on his way back from Seattle after a meeting with Dave Matthews. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Yeah, Dave Matthews has a winery out in Seattle, Seattle area, Washington. Like so does Jonathan Kane. Jonathan Kane had uh, a winery his, in his home in yeah. Uh, California. Yeah. In fact, Jonathan Kane's book, by the way, is called "Don't Stop Believing" by Jonathan Kane, songwriting keyboardist for the band Journey, the man, the band, and the song that inspired generations. Mm -hmm. 
Star Trek generations, that is. Our thanks also go out to Christine Vey, a wealth manager and the president of Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at Patterson of William to manage their investments and plan out for their retirement. If somebody like you is looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have questions on anything, anything, anything from investment portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, you should give Christine a call at John Repeat after me, 732 732 455 455 1510 1,410 1,410 Ruby's Travel, based in Wayne, New Jersey. Columbia Bank, the Wayne branch. They sponsored a big 80s event that we did back mm -hmm. in uh, April. We raised over $12,600 for sponsor sponsorships for students, such as Jonathan Kaplan or Ashley Veltner. Still waiting for Jonathan Kane to call in. He has one minute. I bet he'll call in right in one minute. We should mention Managing Your Band, Dr. Esteban Marconi, 6th mm -hmm. edition. It's out, isn't it? Yes. Coming up to a year anniversary. Getting very close. What are you going to do on your for your anniversary? Call you. That's right. I'm going to get you a big old gift. I'm going to get you a ring or something. Ah. Um, you can get this. It's at Amazon, Barnes and the Noble, both Barnes and Noble, not just Barnes, but Barnes and Noble, mm -hmm. BackwingStore.com, right now. It's available right now. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And we should also mention, please, people, go to Music Biz 2018. We're going to Nashville. Should we give our big announcement now? Sure. On May 17th in Nashville, Tennessee, we are going to do a huge interview for those of the people interested in the music and entertainment biz. We're going to interview Ashley. Do you want to say who, who we're going to interview? Here, Ashley Weltner is going with us to Nashville, Tennessee. Ashley, we're going to interview. Waiting oh. for the drum roll to oh. stop. There we go. Boom. Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun. Ooh. Who cares? <laughs> no, who's Scooter Braun? Scooter Braun's a daily listener, a weekly listener here. That's right. So he, he listens all the that. time. Who, who, who does Scooter Braun manage? Ashley Veltner? Um, I believe he manages people like Justin Bieber. Does he marry? Wow. He's Ma married. Yeah. Manage Ariana Grande. Yes. Ari he was managing, co-managing Kanye West up mm -hmm. until about a week ago. But apparently they are still... Uh, still friends. They broke up, but they're still friends. So that means they're not talking. Yes, he's um, big. Yeah, but he's he's arguably the biggest manager out there these days. Um, I'd like to have other every other manager who thinks they are as big come on the show and explain why they mm -hmm. are just as big as Scooter Braun. But we're going to bring a, a class out there, and we're going to uh, let the class ask some questions of Scooter Braun, Kingfish manager. Sounds great. Yeah, Exciting. it's going to be very good. So we're going to let. Great. He's also a producer of a TV show called Scorpion. That is on the okay. CBS. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's, he's yeah. Have you he's ever seen that show, Ashley? Executive producer. Yeah, he's the executive producer of that. So he does more than that. And his wife, Yael, I forget her last name, started a charity a number of years ago called F, I won't spell the rest of it out, Cancer. And it's uh, a charity that raises money to for cancer awareness, and I believe it to raise money to help battle that disease. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's a fundraiser himself, Scooter Braun, because he raised money to uh, help uh, after the Manchester bombing last year at an Ariana Grande concert. He put together a whole fundraising concert for the victims and families of that mm -hmm. bombing that took place in Manchester, England. So how did we get Jonathan Kane here? Jonathan Kane, when he calls in, um, 
We got him because we, uh, one of my former classmates who he doesn't remember going to school with me. I don't remember going to school with him, but we went to the school at the same time, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, was our, uh, we had him on the show in December and he called us up. He's in P the world of PR. Mm -hmm. And he said, let's get, you want Jonathan Kane on? And we said, yeah, we'd love to have Jonathan Kane on the show. Yes, he is a partner in Roslyn and Campion. Yes, Chris Roslyn. PR. Yes. So he's um, his PR agent. And we're very excited about this. And we know that uh, Jonathan had some time constraints with uh, flights and so on. I believe he was going back to Chicago. But we didn't know that he was going back to Chicago from here. Yes, he was... In Ridgewood, New no Jersey, one told us. not 24 hours ago. That's right. Gosh. And so one of our uh, radio people here at Brave New Radio, Christina Roof, actually recorded Jonathan, uh, I was going to say Jonathan Kaplan, oh, thank our you. student co-host. Did we introduce you? Kind. Yes, we, we did. We introduced you? I, yes. It's, it's I all did. a blur. I think we did. Uh, Jonathan Kane did a sweeper for Brave New Radio, which means mm -hmm. you're listening to Brave New Radio. Hi, I'm Jonathan Kane from Journey. You're listening to Brave New Radio. So we're going to play that later on. Do we have that to play yes. later? We will hopefully have that we'll during the show. So then we're going to have that. Right. What, would be, what would be perfect right now is if the guests actually called in and, so and spoke he, to us. Obviously, people who know Journey know him as the keyboardist, but he also is one of the main songwriters and certainly one of the main songwriter collaborators in Journey. And the uh, amount of songs that have been hits for Journey that he has written partly or solo is uh, immense, Right, the number of songs. And we're really very fortunate to have such a creative individual on to talk not only about Journey, but also, quote-unquote, his journey to um, to where he is now. Right, that's right. And uh, and to talk about his book, which is uh, a, a memoir that he wrote, and you can tell that he wrote it. And one thing you're wrote it alone, is, too. Yeah, yeah, without help from anybody else. Impressive. Yeah, which is is so it's it's good. And so we'll talk about that. It's an interesting. He joined Journey in 1980. Journey's original keyboard player was a guy named Is it Greg Roll or Greg Rolly Marconi? He was because he was also in Santana yeah. right, with with Neil Sean, the guitarist for Journey. Exactly. And the the guy who sang Black Magic Woman, for example, is Greg Roll Rolly, right. who was in Journey for a while. Um, and then Greg got tired of being on the road, and um, a, the band opening up for Journey was a band called The Babies, which people who are into this stuff know that the lead singer for The Babies was John Waite, and The Babies' second keyboard player was Jonathan Cain. I thought I said Jonathan Kaplan, who is our student it. host, guest host again yeah. and star of Wishbone. But Jonathan Kane was a keyboard player for the babies, and the journey would watch the babies perform, open up for them every night, and they would watch Jonathan Kane, and they go, wow, we like this guy, he's really cool. And Jonathan Kane would hang out with the guys from Journey while on the road, and then when uh, Greg decided he didn't want to be in the band anymore, they called Jonathan Kane and say, you want to be in Journey? And they offered him a full deal where he was a full member of the band right off the bat so uh i read that greg was a uh, he helped pick jonathan kane as well yeah i think he he gave his blessing mm -hmm. for that yeah which was great um on on the jonathan kane side because again that's 1980 and so we're talking 38 years ago that he's been in journey 
And mm. he, right away, he fit really well with, mm. what's the matter? I just looked up, I can tell our fans, our listeners, Newark to Chicago. Uh-huh. The flight, the... Supposed to take off at 4:59. It took off at 7:04 out of Newark oh. and won't get there till 8:25. Oh, interesting. So if he doesn't call, he's got an excuse. Hopefully, there's Wi-Fi on the plane. That's right. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we play another song from Journey? Absolutely. I think that's a brilliant. Well, yeah. Idea. Why don't we take a moment? You want to play that song right there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that song so this. Right there. So um, start it off, and I'll, can I? I can pretend I'm a world famous DJ, and let's pretend it's 1981. So here we go. Push play. Here's the new track from Journey off their Escape album. You're going to love this one. Vocals by Steve Carey. Co Steve, see, I already blew it. I would never be a DJ in 1981. Vocals by Steve Perry with his band Journey. That's Jonathan Kane on keyboards. Here we go. Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Now you can take our voices off and we can just listen to the... Come on.
As we stated before, that was the brand new song by Journey called Don't Stop Believin'. It has an apostrophe they don't believe. They, Journey never had enough money in their contract to afford the G. That's why it was Don't Stop Believin'. And you shouldn't stop believing because we do now have Jonathan Kane on the line with us. Jonathan, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Amen. What's going on? Great, Great. to have you. Dave Philp here. We have a Dr. Esteban Marconi over there. Hey. Yeah, hey, what's going on? Well, we first of all, we can't. Doctor in the house, I'll be okay. I'll be okay no matter what happens, right? We can't. uh, You can revive me, right? If I pass out or something. I doubt it. (laughs) We we uh, we're astonished that you were in Ridgewood about ten minutes from us last night. Yeah, no, that was incredible. I I met the most heartfelt Journey fans I've ever met. I mean, Uh these people were incredible. Uh, Just. You know the heart and soul of of our fan club. I gotta tell you, I was just moved by uh, the passion and the respect that I saw there. It was really great. Their loyalty for the band. It was moving. It was really great. And it's a, a cute little bookstore too. Bookends. My goodness, they're great. Yeah. They're yeah. Great. He's somehow great. he's keeping it alive, which is great. Yeah, which is great. Well, he's a great guy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. So Maybe we both husband and wife team. Come on, that's yeah. <laughs> so Dave and I read your book cover to cover, okay. uh, and I want to say that uh, it first of all it's excellent, very moving, very very Thank spiritual, you, and uh, really uh, I was amazed. Of course, I know you're a great songwriter, obviously, but amazed you wrote this without a co-writer. You wrote this yourself. You know, in the end. <clears throat> Several. Uh oh, John, uh, we lost you. Get out of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, back from John, John. If you can hear us, we can't hear you. So uh, give a call back, hey, please. That really oh, helped me, you know. Uh. Yeah, they helped me along the way, and uh, and pointed the right direction. You know, writing a book is a journey. It really is. Yeah, sure. uh, and um, for me, I was a you know, I got accepted at Northwestern University, yeah. uh, and I chose to go to the Conservatory of Chicago. Right. Uh, you know, I always wondered what my life would turn out to be if I accepted the journalism, uh, you know, acceptance yeah. that I had there. I was very moved that, you know, a guy with a B average gets into Northwestern, hardly a B average. That's the hardest school yes, to get yes. into. So, so there it is. I, uh, you know, it was one of those other things that I love to do, and that's right. So to have this book is a real triumph for me. Right. And it was uh, obviously, it was written in a, chronologically, but you do keep referring, like even in that first chapter where we are in basically modern time, you're at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then exactly. step back. and uh, right. Flashbacks. I love flashbacks. Yeah. Remember the movie Michael Clayton? Yeah, oh, it was a great movie. movie with yeah. George yeah. Well, that took me, man. I, I was... I was absolutely floored by that movie, the way they told that story. And it, and it moved me so much that I wanted to tell my story like that. You know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Cinematic. And- I'm a cinematic guy. I love movies. <laughs> and I wanted to tell my story, uh, you know, so it, so it felt like you were in the movie. Almost visually, yeah. 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 And we can't, uh, obviously, none of us here can um, c- can really relate to that trauma of the fire mm. in the hundred of your 
you know, your classmates and so on. And the way yeah, that, not to mention the nuns too. Yeah. And the, the way that that went up the ladder, those nuns, yeah. you know, they were, uh, you know, I saw my sister superior on a ladder climbing to save kids. Mm-hmm. That, that, that visual will never leave my mind. Yeah. You know, that this little nun was fearless. You know, she was going to go up the ladder with the fireman. I, I don't know what she was doing on that ladder. They <laughs> let her up there somehow. I don't know what right. she was. You know, right. and it, I thought, uh, but that's what forges mm-hmm. change. You know, and, and, you know, in the Bible it says, out of pain something new is born, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what really changed me was uh, was seeing that. And it made me, I guess, grow up in a hurry, you know. And, yeah. and when, when you look evil in the eye like that, there's only one place your eyes can turn, and that's to heaven, you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, but then there was the music, you know. Right, and, and also your father. Uh, I that's mean, right. to have such a supportive father, you know. We're all in music here, and we all have gotten those roadblocks. And why don't you do something else? Or the old story is, oh, that's a great hobby, you know. But right. uh, what are you going to do? And, uh, right. and we all can my say father was convinced it was greatness, not just a hobby. He's, you know, yeah. how many fathers, how many fathers say, why don't you get a real job? Absolutely. You know, why Absolutely. don't you get a real job? Why, why are you going to be one of those? Yeah. Guys? Yeah. No. And no, that wasn't my dad. Um, so it was just a destiny thing for me and, um, how lucky to have a dad like I had. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting, uh, before we were on the air, I was speaking with, uh, Steve, Steve, about the Springsteen book. I don't know if you read Springsteen's biography that came out. I haven't read it, but but he wrote something that touched me profoundly. He said, there isn't one note I play that I can't trace back to my father. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And his father father was the polar opposite of your father. Yes, exactly. Because your dad was so supportive, and uh, Springsteen's dad was not. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it turned out that he had uh, he was bipolar and he was uh, depressive yeah. and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. What's, but but it's, you also, both had tremendous success. And what's also interesting is that um, if you get a chance to read that autobiography, you can I want you, to, yeah. you can just the way he writes it. The prose is he's a songwriter. He 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 writes it like he writes songs, and that's what right. we found with you too. Totally sure. different, totally different style. In writing, right. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I would think that. I mean, with the love that my father, you know, had for me, it would be feel different, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, I, I, I'm known for my ballads, you know, and I'm known for being right to the point. And I'm from Chicago, you know. And right. We're, we're, but yet we're not that far away. And yet he was an influence on me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm. you know, he gave me permission. To write about the street, you know. Yeah. When I when I fir- fir- heard heard his first album, when I played his first album, I was like, "This is one I want to write about. This mm-hmm. kind of stuff is what moves me," you know. Yeah. And um, you know, so you know, Tenth Avenue freeze out. I mean, come on. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. I can't get that out of their head. Right. You know? So, so we, you know, telling the stories of 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 his neighborhood, you know, and. <laughs> And that's what um, yeah, what really turned me on because you know we we had Dylan you know mm-hmm. and and then and then Springsteen took it to a, a even more you know community level like no you can write about your neighborhood oh wow 
Yeah. <laughs> and you had that accordion with that Italian neighborhood too. It's a, and I had the it, best neighborhood ever in Chicago. You know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, it was funny because when I made my solo album back in uh, in the nineties, I felt like I was making a statement. Like my greatest fear was that I couldn't be anything without Journey. You know, mm-hmm. what could I write without Journey? Because if you know, I was with John Waite. I had that umbrella and the babies and the Chrysalis records and all that mm-hmm. and the hit behind them. And then I go to journey with Columbia and all their hits. And then I'm left naked in the streets. I'm just standing there once Steve Perry left, you know, mm-hmm. who am I? You know, so I, so I was like, you know, what's my line? Who am I? You know, right. I'm kind of the cane of where from where. Right. So when I wrote back to the innocence, it was actually a, a prequel to this book. You know, when I look at the, at the CD that I put out, it looks like the book. Mm. And what hit me when I wrote, finished the book, those songs belong in the book. Why did I even write those songs? I mean, who cares about all that stuff and my dad and mm-hmm. growing up and everything. And, and now it all comes clear that, you know, it was just God saying, Hey, tell the world about, you know, so these songs all of a sudden show up in the audio book and I'm dropping a CD uh, on iTunes in June that will define the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, called, nope. called the Songs You Leave Behind. Ah, great. Yeah, songs You Leave Behind. So the last page in the book is my my message to the fans. It's my takeaway, you know. Mm-hmm. You know when, and when it's time to leave the dance, be sure you know the signs. Yeah, you'll be remembered for the songs you leave behind, and and that's right. uh, what what I wrote, and that's what will be on the CD, and and many songs about the book, you know, and right. my dad, and everything that happened in in the book, you know, and it it it, it all came together full circle. May, may may I ask you a question then about the CD and, and about you know you yeah. said it's coming out on iTunes. Um, is the as the album done and mastered and all that? Yep, yep, done. Did yep. are are you going to have a, a version of the book come out that has the CD packaged yeah. with the book? No, no, we're not. We're we're going to keep them separate. We we thought it was it was too confusing. Like you know, what what is going to happen is in the audio book that I got to read. You know, for Zondervan, um, mm-hmm. there'll be clips of the songs in the chapters that relate to the various places like when my daughter's born and mm-hmm. when I almost drowned in a lake and you know oh yeah that'll uh, be good the fire the fire and 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 many improvisational pieces that I just created on the piano as we go through these really dramatic moments you know so the, the audio book is pretty sensational I I, I gotta tell you I, mm. I play it for people and they're like oh I read it but when I hear you speak read it and I hear the music with it, it just comes to life and I, the, the guys that work on the audio version of HarperCollins at Sonderbean say it's one of the finest things they'll mm-hmm. ever put out so mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. eight CDs and long and you know four hours and you know right. but if you got if you're on a long trip you take it with you, you know? <laughs> so so it's really an experience so, the, the audio book is I, more the experience of, of what I you think did. the audio book you know, musically, it hits the mark for me. I mean, I played it for my wife. There's the chapter of the fire, and um, 
I, I just did this free form piano. I, I flowed in the spirit with this piano. I, I play this just, I don't even know what I'm playing kind of piano. Mm. I don't think about it, but when I, I just close my eyes when, you know, the, the chapter about the fire hit and I just started playing what I wrote and you'll feel it, you know, way mm. more mm -hmm. uh, than when you just read it. Know, when you hear the voice and you hear the music behind it and so i actually poured a little bit of music into this book you know and it comes alive it does all right so this is this um our show is called music biz one-on-one yeah. and more and we do talk about the business and i know dave and i were talking yeah. about some of the um for instance the t-shirt company went after you uh, for, after, yeah. after the Bad English Tour. Yeah, and right. you well, didn't we, have an LLC or you didn't have an attorney or... No, no, he didn't. nothing was set up like that. It was just poor management, poor business decisions. You know, once again, you know, you know, I had a great manager in Journey. Of course. When I went to Bad English, I had another flunky, you know. Yeah. Uh, that didn't know what they were doing and they allowed us. But here's the... Thing. I mean, we took that money. Account, should have been in an LLC, sure. like yeah. but we used it. I think I explained it well in the book mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. know I had these nightmares of my crew dying, you know, <laughs> because they were in the Winnebago. I mean, you can't go on a rock show <laughs> with a Winnebago. Getting you know? high too, yeah, and and letting letting the sound guy who's smoking a joint driving his thing. Yeah, yeah, you know how the perilous some of these roads are. Forget about it. You know, mm -hmm. winter, I think it was that a winter. I, I hated it. And, um, you know, little did we know the band was going to break up anyway. I mean, we were flying pretty high. We were doing well with that first album. And mm -hmm. I didn't like the White Snake Tour idea anyway. I thought they used us to a large degree to sell White Snake tickets. And, and we got manipulated by management. bad decisions, you know. Mm -hmm. So you see... You know, we had no business being on that tour. We were selling the tickets. We, you know, they, you know, when you have a manager that manages Whitesnake who's fading fast and you have Bad English who's rising fast, then they use the rising the rising band to help the fading band. Yeah. You know, it, I didn't like any of it. And, you know, yet John agreed to do it. And we all said, okay, I guess so. We didn't get paid anything for it. Mm -hmm. Our T-shirts were nowhere to be found. You know, they, um, the guy that was doing our merch was also a, a pothead, and he get lost along the side of the road with our shirts and never show up at the gig. How are we gonna How are we gonna make good with Winterland when yeah. our t-shirts aren't even at the gigs? You know what I mean? It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was a no-win situation, and um, you know, I this is my book is Music Business One Hundred and One. Mm -hmm. For the musician that wants to learn about the right way and the wrong way. Absolutely. And uh, especially even the publishing story about the babies, you know, where, you know, Chrysalis came after my publishing. You know, yeah. And I got a lawyer and said, no, guess what? John's songs are getting pulled off this album. And, you know, mm -hmm. what are they going to do? What are they going to take Midnight Rendezvous off the album? Yeah. They waited a little too long, didn't they? Boy, and I, I was getting paid two fifty a week for a retainer. That was all I got. God. What? So, if that's my, you know, that's my end all. You know, 
Right. I said in the book, Bad English cost me money, 30000 a year. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, so these kinds of things, you know, that's what's great about this book is that anybody who wants to make it in the music business, it's a, it's kind of a roadmap. No, we don't do this. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I want to tell all the bands, you want your band to last, you better check you, your ego at the door and you better not take yourself too seriously. No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Brotherhood. You know, save it for your soul album. <laughs> right. Save it for your soul album. Now you were somehow you were, uh, I guess, left with the task to yep. fire Herbie Herbie Herbert, and then Irving came into the picture, and then we Herb didn't. You sort of didn't finish what happened with Irving. Irving became our manager, you know. Mm-hmm. And Irving was the guy, you know. I mean, he because um, he because he knew what he was doing, you know. I mean, of course. He, he still is our manager, and he's been fierce for us, and you know, and uses his leverage and his power in the industry mm-hmm. to influence um, uh, Journey's uh, status, you know. Mm-hmm. And he got us back on top, and you know, we're we're making top dollar with that Buffett this year, so. He's been uh, our champion. I, I, I give a lot of credit to Irving, and, you know, because he's who he is. Yeah. You know, exactly. he knows, and he has wisdom. He has experience, and he's done it all. You know, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. a record company, and he loves managing artists, and he loves, you know, doing what he does, making deals. <laughs> yeah. And he did, he pulled out something amazing. I don't know if you, you watched the East and West Thing that he did with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Promoted, self-promoted the shows. You know, there was no promoter involved. Mm. He went to the East Coast and the West Coast with his three bands that are in his, you know, his stable, Earth, Wind, and Fire, mm-hmm. Eagles, The Journey, mm-hmm. you know, and said, I can do this because I can do this. <laughs> right. And he put on you know, two stadium shows that were incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. That's Irving. That's what he does. And and paid us handsomely for him. And, you know, everybody had fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of Bill Graham, you know, it's like, you got to think about Bill Graham, right? Uh, and Bill Graham's in the book. There's some good, good Bill Graham stories uh, that I share. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, an icon and a, you know, a, a maverick and an innovator of rock show. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many promoters have patterned their career after what Bill, you know, set forth. And of course. You know, he, for me, it was an honor to, to hang out with him and pick his brain and mm-hmm. get the Rose Bowl. He, I never forget the story that he came in. I want to show, the, you know, the summer out of you guys. And we, we weren't going to tour, you know, we were, we were working on our album and, and he said, you know, I'm going to put you in Anaheim Stadium. And I said, I, I hate Anaheim Stadium. <laughs> it's a dog pit. Forget about it. I just got pushed around at the Jeff Beck show. Jeff Beck and Aerosmith, they treated me like a, I was some kind of cattle or something. I said, forget <laughs> about it, you know. And uh, where do you want to play, John? And I looked at him and I said, how about the Rose Bowl? <laughs> he goes, nobody plays at the Rose Bowl. And then Perry looks at him and he goes, yeah, Bill, we went to play the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and Neil goes, yeah, the Rose Bowl. No. <laughs> you know, so 
he rumps out. You know, he's got his suitcase. He's got his little briefcase, and he, and he leaves, and he goes, I'll get back to you guys. And, uh, <laughs> and we don't see him for a week, and then he comes back with the briefcase again. And he goes, okay, I got the Rose Bowl. <laughs> you guys going to play it? He's gonna, it's going to be a it's going to be a, a four four band event with Blue Oyster Cult. I'm like, I'm smiling, you know. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And he's looking at me like, see, he said the only person that played the Rose Bowl is Stevie Wonder, mm. and now it's going to be Journey. Right. And, and and I thought it was so cool that you know he came back with what we what we wanted, and you know he was a he was a amazing uh interesting you know mm-hmm. force in the business for so long i was there actually the night that um he chose to take that helicopter back it was a huey oh. lewis show and uh, i was with you know his uh we were backstage i was with pat morrow our road manager mm-hmm. and i remember him saying ah let's just let's just go for it you know and he only had to go back to you know, Marin County, and it was kind yeah. of bad weather, fierce weather, and was storming out, and and this guy, his pilot was called Killer. His name was Killer, of all things, right? Yeah. And he goes, Killer, let's get in it, let's get in it, let's get in the plane. We're, we're just going to go back. Let's just, let's take the plane back. So mm-hmm. he took his private plane, and, and, and they crashed. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, um... I, I remember seeing... Uh, all of the stuff, you know, all the wreckage on along the side of the road was terrible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, bad stuff. I can, um, I just personally, I can relate. I was on Epic Records in the 70s and played the whiskey and played both Fillmore's and so on. So when you were... I love the whiskey. It, it brought all these... Uh, Didn't it smell like... Memories back. That's the, <laughs> yeah. That's the smell of wine... You know, the, in the in the in the in the song "Don't Stop Believing," yeah, the smell of wine and yeah, yeah, perfume, that would be a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, uh, I guess the green room or whatever upstairs that oh overlooked God, uh, yeah. the boulevard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. It was great. It's a it's classic, you know. We played there on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. In seven, it was a seventy-eight or something. I, I, you know, that was the first concert I went to. I, of course, in the book, I talk about. Going to see the dolls with, you know, David Johansson and right. Johnny Thunder and all that. My my brother looking at me like, "What? We gonna do this? We're gonna do that?" I said, "No, this is a, this is just a gag, Tommy. Calm down. We're not gonna put we're not gonna put dresses on and put makeup on. This is a gag. This is their shtick, you know. It's a, you know, shtick, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, but it was kind of scary. Hollywood was funny, you know. Yeah." I think I described it pretty well, the yeah. 70s, you know, because we lived in Laurel Canyon. And the odd, the odd thing is that we were around all these rock stars in Laurel Canyon. We'd see Johnny Mitchell, mm-hmm. Brown, Olivia Newton-John. We live right in that same neck of the woods, and we're nobody. All right. We're like nobodies living with all these stars. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Gab- Gabrielle Meckler, you know. Yeah. In the book, I talk about how... You know, my producer takes me to meet the Steppenwolf producer. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm asking him questions about how does this band chemistry work? You know, and he's like, "Yeah, they got this tension conflict." <laughs> that it sounds like it. You know, you know, born to be wild. <laughs> they sound like they're all pissed at each other. You know, and and yet he goes, and it works, John. It works. I'm like, all right, all right. You know, 
And that was such a lesson for me, you know, uh, to be in that area and to watch it all go down. David Geffen with, you know, you could see the record companies opening up on Sunset um, because it's really up the hill. We live right up the hill from Sunset. So here's the, let me, you know, we got Jay Leno and David Letterman at the comedy store doing stick. Right. Right. Crazy. Yeah. And Letterman never even had a routine. Right. He would just go insult people. Right. That was his routine. <laughs> and, you know, you would go in the back of the room and hide because, why? <laughs> you know he's going to bag on you, right? Yeah. I mean, and Leno, unlike Letterman, was a total pro. Mm-hmm. He had this whole, you know, monologue done. And, you know, and he was so much different than Letterman. But then you get Billy Crystal coming in. Mm-hmm. You get Robin Williams wanting to do a, 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 a walk on, you know. Mm-hmm. We had the improv. It was a wild time, man. And the Starwood had, you know, you know, Aerosmith headlining the Starwood. You could go see Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could go see Jim Dandy and Black Oak, Arkansas. You know, you could go see the Ramones. Yeah. Right there on uh, right there on Santa Monica Boulevard. It yeah. was um my brother and I took it all in and we saw it all and and then in the book, I speak about Wolfman Jack, you know, in the mm-hmm. Midnight Special, mm-hmm. and how he got my brother and I into all the Tuesday night performances, and we got to see everybody from T Rex, you know, to Mata Hoople, right, mm-hmm. to Wilson Pickett, to Helen Reddy, I know, tripping over the freaking band, you know, she she trips over the orchestra stand, you know, and <laughs> they go, ladies and gentlemen, Helen Reddy, she comes walking out and. So classy. She goes like crashing into orchestra head first. <laughs> hey, cut. They're going. And Bert Sugarman's up there in the in the booth going, cut, cut. <laughs> That's These great. These are the things that are in the book that are priceless for me, you know. And Isaac Hayes, words of wisdom. I, I meet Isaac Hayes on a rooftop. Uh, I, I bumped into some pretty great people, you know. Yeah, he was, and, he was a um, gentleman. He was really such a gentleman. What I did a, a tour gen- with him. Absolute genius. You know? Yeah. I mean, you think about Stax, and you go to Stax Museum, and you see <laughs> his credits up there, and you're like, oh, yeah, behind the scenes, Isaac Hayes, right? And they show pictures of him writing with Sam and Dave, and you're like, oh, my God, no wonder I love these guys. You know? mm-hmm. And I, you know, so so stuff like that is makes this book, I think, um, you know, a little walk through those years, the history years, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and I was so blessed to have to be able to rub up next to these people. Yeah, I I left the Wayne Newton picture out. I had I met Wayne Newton, you know, and there's a picture of Wayne and his brother and me. Uh, I thought, well, that might be a, you know, <laughs> Donkey Shane. I don't know if that's rock and roll or not, but you know. <laughs> But I, I was rubbing elbows with Wayne, you know, and Wayne Cochran, too. Yeah. Uh, that's the other Wayne that I absolutely loved um, and, and and got to meet him backstage one night in Milwaukee, you know, going back to Miami with his pompadour and all that. You yeah, know? yeah. So so I, I, I got to see James Brown live, you know. I got to see Chicago play their first show and. It was it was quite an experience, yeah. you know, um, the '60s and '70s, and I wanted to share that with the reader, so so they know that you know uh, what I went through was was the music business, you know, and it was it was uh, you know just just really fun. 
Mm-hmm. Back, uh, by the way, we're talking to everybody listening. We're talking with uh, Jonathan Kane. Uh, the book is called Don't Stop Believing, and it is available now. So buy this book because it's, it's actually very well done. So thank you. Oh, thank um, you. A, a couple things uh, for you. Uh, one was um, we did mention earlier that, and you state in the book, that you were the one who had to fire uh, Journey's <laughs> first manager, Herbie Herbert. Interviews with Herbie, and it, I'm sure he didn't go quietly. And I'm sure more, I'm sure more than one f bomb was dropped during the discussion. Um, can you talk at all about why you were the guy who had to do that and how that discussion went? Well, here's the thing: uh, I don't like to hide anything. I'm not a guy to hold back the truth. You know, the truth's going to find you. The truth comes out every time, uh, and the truth was that it had to happen for us to move on. Otherwise we're frozen in this, you know, game of deception, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to deceive, you know, Herbie and tell, you know, and go look for other managers the same way. I wasn't going to go look for other lead singers without talking directly to Steve Perry. You know, mm-hmm. hey, Steve, we're moving on without you. You can't do that. That's not fair to them. That's not fair to the, to the band, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you want, you want movement, you want to make progress, you have to tell the truth. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, for Neil and I, Neil wasn't, you know, crazy about the idea. He hated the idea. He loved Herbie. I loved Herbie. You know, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. But the, the truth of the matter is if Journey was going to make another album, if Journey was going to go forward with Steve Perry, this had to be done. This had to be said. Let's just get get it done, you know. And that's the kind of guy I am. I take action. You know, I, you know, when, when it's decided that this is what had to be done, you know, on behalf of the band, I do that, you know? And so call me the hatchet, man. I don't know what you're going to call me, but <laughs> I didn't enjoy doing it, you know? And by the way, he was very gracious about it. He did not drop an F-bomb. <laughs> he <laughs> waited for a couple of years and blasted me on the internet about it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he took it out. He took it out on these, uh, you know, online interviews, and, I, you know, I, I took it all. And you know what's crazy? I saw him after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame downtown New York uh, in a breakfast place uh, on Central Park. Uh, I forget the name of it. But uh, we spoke for 40 minutes at the door about the old days. And, and all's, all's forgiven, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he was very cool, you know. He did not. You know, my only thing with Steve was like, hey, man, just tell him thank you, you know. And that night at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, when he thanked Herbie, I just, my heart, mm. it, it went somewhere. You know, I was like, thank you, Steve. Mm-hmm. That's all he wanted to hear, you know, all, all the good he's done uh, for the band. You know, and I wanted him to sit down with Herbie and have a one-on-one, you know. Mm-hmm. But he never did, you know. Instead, he thanked Herbie in front of the whole world, which was better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was the- better. At the, at the same time, for the Raised on Radio album back in 85, 86, um, yeah. the, the band decided to move forward without Steve Smith and Ross Valerie, your respective drummer and bass player. Were you the one who ended up telling those two guys that you were going to move on without them, at least for that record? Yes. Yeah. And, and how did that, were they surprised? Were they? And then they came back for Trial by Fire a decade yeah. later. So how were the, those two discussions? You know, they were tough. Uh, again, you know, I, I, I was just not going to beat around the bush. I mean, what are we going to do, sneak around? 
behind their backs now, mm-hmm. you know. And Steve didn't want to, he wasn't good at confronting, you know. He Neil didn't want to do it. You know, Neil's like, no, no. And I had to go to the band in mind, you know. I'm like, this is this is the, what the band has decided here. What Perry was the producer and at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had gone in another direction. I, I explained, I think, in the book very well that, you know, I regretted, you know, the way we went about it. That's for sure, you know, in the book. And they know that, you know, I hated being that guy, you know, and, and some of the fans are going to hate me, you know, oh, you fired, you know, these guys. I didn't fire them. I just told them the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the truth hurts, you know. And this is what was decided. Um you know, coming from Steve, Steve had his thing. And we knew when he came back, there were going to be conditions and they weren't going to be easy. And Neil and I both knew it, you know, and we were just trying to get him back in the fold and, and make the fans happy. I mean, come on, you want to, you want journey or you want, you want to, you know, there wasn't going to be another album without these decisions and without this communication. So, I was thinking about the fans. Like, what are the fans going to think? We can't get our shit in order, you know? We can't get our stuff together. Yeah. These are yeah. tough things to do, and I hated doing them, but we had to do them, you know? No, it's, it's At interesting. That time. But now, now, let's go back to the other part of it, you know? So let's go fast forward to, right. you know, when we came back together again, when Steve came back after eight years, it was John Kaloner. In the book, I, I pretty much spell it out that John champion that reunion and convinced Steve, you know, that, I mean, he did, it was incredible. John Kaliner was like mm-hmm. what he did. And the, I don't know how many hours he talked to Perry. You know? <laughs> I don't know, but he, he just loved, you know, like I said in the book, you know, uh, he loved that moment, you know, when we all were at SIR and playing together, and Perry forgot how good we were, you know. Mm. And he looked at everybody and said, wow, <laughs> yeah. this is better than I remembered. You know, this is better than I remembered ever being, you know. And I remember sitting there on the keyboards going, oh, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> breathing a sigh of relief that, you know, we were back with our brothers. And, and Ross and Smith were so gracious, you know, just absolute uh gentlemen about everything and they were excited all had been kind of forgiven enough time had gone by you know and i had talked to both of them and they weren't they weren't taking it very well you know and i checked on them and they were like you know swearing me off and mm-hmm. <laughs> especially smithy <laughs> he hung up on me and <laughs> and give me the f right. <laughs> yeah i i i got it you know i had to take it you know, when, when you're the one that dishes it out, you got to take it. So I just quietly took it, you know. Yeah. Um, I've always been the glue in this band, you know. I've always been the guy in the middle. I don't know why, but that guy just put me there, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, you know, you got to know your place. Uh, where do you fit in, in a team, you know. Where where are you on a team? And I felt like I was one of the coaches, you know. And sometimes you got to pull a guy off the field, you know. Like, no, you're not isn't working right now you know and and i told them both you know that 
hey, let us finish this album, and then you come back with us on the road. Let let's just get let's we'll reconvene on the road. And both of them said, no, you know we're not we're not doing this tour if you're gonna not yeah. let us make this record. We you know that was their decision. Yeah, and. I said to Smith, I said, I absolutely want you back, you know, for rehearsals, you know, we've got to, we got to get this thing together. We're just, we spent all this money trying to get these tracks right. And Perry was just in a zone. I mean, I, I didn't even vote for him to produce that album. You know what I mean? I voted against it because mm. I wanted him just to be the lead singer and my co-writer. You know, we used to just have fun coming in the studio and blowing the producer's mind. That's what we did. Mm. We were like little kids with great songs coming in going, how about this one? How about this one? Hey, hey, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted. I want my partner back. I didn't want him wearing that hat. Don't wear that hat, you know? And I voted against it. And I saw this coming. I said, you know, and the band, and the, they had a vote, and he won, you know, the position of producer of that album, and, and we had to face the consequences. Wow. We have about 90 seconds left. Um, okay. Could I ask one one quick question? Just because we have a lot of DIY musicians and, and artists who, yeah. uh, and even uh, managers, you know, fledgling managers, um, what can they all learn from your career? Um, from you, from a business standpoint, like one or two nuggets, you know, songwriter, performer, business person. Well, well all right. The first one is uh, you're not always who they say you are. Okay, that's one because you know you're uniquely unique and, and you're you and you know, check your ego at the door. Mm. You know, you want to be in a band, don't take yourself too seriously. And everybody's opinion matters, you know. Mm. And, you know, stay in your lane. Learn where you fit. Learn learn your your position. Where, what Position yourself according to who you are. You know what I mean? If you're comfortable being a leader, then lead. If you're not, don't lead recognize leadership respect leadership respect decisions trust leadership right it's trusted trusted and you know and and be united you know when some when the decision is made state your state your feelings you know i don't i disagree with this i don't agree you know make your voice heard but then in the end respect leadership because mm -hmm. That will always get you through, you know. I mean, we we always respected in the end whether it was Herbie's decision or Steve's decision, um, or we voted. We respected that vote, even though I didn't want Perry to prove that. <laughs> even though I wanted to go to Europe and I wanted to go to South America, I couldn't go because it was voted on. Right. I respected that decision, and when you go against that stuff, you know you're not going to last. And you're going to end up like the bass player Metallica. They kicked him out. You know? mm -hmm. Ridiculous. He should have just, what, you're a Metallica. What's the guy's name? I forget his name. You're, you're the original bass player. Because mm -hmm. he tried to buck the system. John Entwistle. Si no. Oh, no, no, that's John. <laughs> I forget his name, but yeah. look look it up. I, I was friends with James Hatfield for a while. And uh, he told me the way it went down. I went, why did this guy leave? How did it, you know. Ron McGovney? Lizzie Buckingham leaving Fleetwood Mac. What? Yeah. What are you right. doing? I, I don't know the story on that. I'd love to know. Would mm -hmm. you guys love to know that story? Sure. I bet Irving knows. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> why, why did that go down? 
I have no clue, you know. Uh, Chris Hayes walks away from Huey Lewis. Decides he wants to be a dad. Well, cool, you know. But you could still be a dad and be in Huey Lewis's band. But no, he left, you know. So there's these things matter, you know. Um, they're just kind of rules of of uh, of being in business, you know. I don't, you know, music is business. Marriage is business, you know. Uh, when you get married, the IRS recognizes you as a unit. When you're a band, the IRS recognizes you as an LLC or a corp. And now you've got to have your minutes. You've got to behave like a business. And that's the one thing I want to remind everybody, that music is business. Mm -hmm. The music business. So this has been great. Jonathan Kane. thank you so yes. much for great. being on the Good radio show. Forever. Well, you guys had some great, great... Uh, Great comments, I, and, and I'm not the bad guy, you know. Please don't think <laughs> I'm the bad guy. I I was just a messenger, so don't <laughs> message. Uh, you know, but I it was you know, I just don't I don't like pussing around, you know, and mm. not telling the truth. Um, I think the truth finds you every time. Right. And I I I think to be sneaky, and to be withholding, is um, is is the worst thing you can do to a human being. You know, and to not, you know, be forthright. I, I spoke about it in my book. I hated, you know, what I kind of became in one of those marriages. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not who, who I am. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just say to all the guys, you know, just be truthful. You know, come out and, and you have a fight. Fights are good. You know, mm -hmm. if you fight, that's a good thing because you care and show you care and, and state your opinion and, and don't get bullied by anybody, you know. If you're getting bullied by somebody, then you're in the wrong place, you know. Um, and, and don't put up with it. I, I think uh, we're seeing that more and more, you know, that people recognize the whole, you know, ego thing, you know. And, again, ego and music, I don't know. I've seen it. I don't like it. I mean, there's horror stories about, you know, certain artists that are just, you know, hung up on themselves and, you know, I don't have to mention any names, but it's unbelievable what they get away with, you know, because they can't, they can't say anything because it's not a band. It's a dictatorship. You know, some of these solo artists have, you know, wielded a, a heavy hand and, you know, not only in, you know, with management and, with the crew when they go on the road, they, they abuse people, they say abusive things, they behave abusively. I mean, there's no excuse for that. And you know what? Half the time, they don't. They end up, you know, pretty much, you know, losing their their status. You know, artists that try to be bad guys, try to be remembered for being, you know, for being abusive, don't last. You know, the music business has a short memory has a very short memory and you know you want to be like that boom you're gone you know so you can you know you can fall as fast as you rise in this business you know the way down can happen just as fast as the way up you know and uh that's what i've learned you know it's a long way down but it can happen really quick yeah <laughs> i don't have to mention any names yeah but you can look them up <laughs> all right this is cool <laughs> 
Well, thank you again, right, John. Yeah, yeah. Next time you're in Jersey, we have to find you. Yeah, and, we uh, have to find you. This yeah, is well, I'll be in terrible. Jersey. I'm coming. Yeah, we're doing the show, right? So oh, with Def Leppard, right? So, yeah, that's right. You guys gotta. You want to come around? I don't know. Uh, I don't have many tickets. They they really blocked me on the ticket count this time. You know, normally I get a twenty. You know, mm. they, they get they gave me eight. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so That's live eight, I, got, I got enough friends in the pizza parlor for eight. No, uh, <laughs> no, it's it's hard. You know, my kids all want to come and sure. Uh, no, we'll talk to Chris. Friends, we can yeah, talk yeah. To, you guys, we you can got full, right? Yeah. Yep. And, we'll, we'll you know, I'm doing this interesting project, you guys. Just, I, I just want to share this with you, but I've got this idea um, to put together a music conference group and. I want to face the challenges of the music business every every conference. I want to videotape experts talking about the solutions to our challenges mm-hmm. in five areas, you know, at least five areas, including legal, internet, publishing, uh, songwriting, mm-hmm. uh, and try to have a yearly conference. Uh, you know, with, with, with amazing people so that the young musicians uh, can watch out for the pitfalls of, uh, of our business and you know, mm-hmm. social media. Uh, how, how do we, how do we get a foothold? How do we get ahead? You know, and uh, that's, that's going to be my dream is to get this conference. Uh, the first one I'm going to try to shoot for is muscle shows. Yeah. So it'll be a conference at the shows, um, mm-hmm. and it will be pretty pretty cool. Uh, so not only will we have the conference, but we'll have a portal where we'll be able to train, uh, you know, on these various subjects mm-hmm. by filming artists and, and 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 experts, you know, in their field. What do you think? Yeah, we're gonna. We have your phone number. So, uh, well, yeah, we're, you guys we're, might want to be uh, on the on the uh, panel. You know, sure. yeah, I like your input. We do it all you know, the time. On this thing, I mm-hmm. think it's uh, it's a winner idea. Uh, we're putting together the uh, the legal right now, and I'm going to call you guys. All right. Yeah. Sure. No, we're we're getting it's done. All right. Yeah. Thanks, man. All thanks, right. John. Thanks. Take John. care. Take care. Jonathan Kane, everybody. We are way over, so we have to say goodbye. So thank you, Esteban Marconi. And Professor Phil. Thank you, Jonathan Kaplan, for saying nothing that's not your fault. Ashley Walter, thank you very much. And this has been Music Biz 101 more. We will see you next time. I'm your Professor David Phil. Next week we have. Next week, Salim Maboub from 300 Entertainment. So thank you. Instead of saying hello at the end of the show, we say adios. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. 